It is Thursday, August 18th, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today presented to you by our friends over at DraftKings. That is the one and only Trevor Ploof. I am Chris Rose. We are joined by producer Dan as well. Ploof, it is good to see you. I am in my hometown of Cleveland, Ohio for the next several days, visiting some family, getting ready to do another Browns game, going to the Guardians White Sox on Friday. It is going to be a tremendous sporting weekend for the Rose family. I'm very excited. I'm happy you have the family out there. I was going to ask, like, did people just follow you around and put rose petals at your feet when you walk in Cleveland, like anywhere in Ohio? It's you are its most famous son. Mm. I, I got I, it. I, I mean, who think, else um, is there? Well, LeBron, you and that's LeBron's about it. Jake Paul. Le- yeah, Jake Paul. Jake Paul's a good one. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly. Who still lives here and performs? You're more uh, famous than him. Oh no, 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 no! I'm He's not. a good-looking dude. though. girls like him. Uh, Drew Carey is another one. I no. you haven't named anybody more famous than you that, yet. So I named a bunch of people, and there's a lot more. Anyway, uh, let's start off. We we do this occasionally. Whenever somebody you know a, a rookie comes up and does something fascinating or just gets the call to the show, we talked about that. But how about Brett Beatty yesterday? In his first show at bat down in Atlanta, he goes yard and his family's there. He's like blowing kisses to his mom and all that sort of stuff. I get it. He was a high first round pick and this is expected out of him. It's still a special moment when this sort of stuff happens, dude. It is, man. I'm looking at it right now off my guy Odorizzi too, right? Yeah. It's a great moment. Like, and I'll tell people this and I've said it before on this show, when you get called up, you just have this extra testosterone level. I, I think that's what it is. You just feel great. You're stronger than you've ever been. Like you, your first batting practice that you take when you get to the big leagues for the first time, you're hitting balls you didn't know were possible. Uh, it's And like some people will say, oh, it's because you get pearls in the show and you're hitting these balls that are so hard. They go so far. But you just get this little extra strength when you're there. And when he touched that ball, see ya. That's a great awesome. moment, man. Really cool for him. Uh, Mets got a much-needed win down in Atlanta, and Jacob DeGrom will take the hill in the fourth and final game of the series against Atlanta later on on Thursday. But let's focus on New York's other team, which had been struggling as of late, just 8-17 and 17 since the All-Star break, and it looked like they were going to lose yet again in extra innings against the Tampa Bay Rays until New York loaded the bases, and this happened. High fly ball! Awesome. Uh, Michael K went on to say it was a huge, huge win. And if you checked out Yankees Twitter, there's a lot of a uh, we're back, you know, Josh Donaldson looking into a teammate's eyes and saying, we're back. We're back. Was this really that big a win for New York? I mean, I think they needed this one big time. I mean, like getting swept at home by the Rays is not exactly what you want to do. And like you mentioned, their record since the all-star break has been abysmal. Uh, it was awesome. It was seven to four. Rays go up top, and I turned it off. I started the, you know what I did? I was watching, I'm trying to finish the captain documentary. So I was Yankees related, Yankees adjacent, if you will. I thought the game was I thought the Yankee, I thought the Yankee game was over. 
Chris. And then I get back on and I see all my boys on Twitter happy. Mm. Now, I'm stoked for Josh Donaldson. I think it was a very big homer. But Yankees Twitter, you got to chill. I explained to you guys there was going to be ups and downs. They thought the Yankees were going to play 700 ball from start to finish. And I explained to them that ain't how it goes. There's going to be some dark days ahead. And they all said to me, we know, we know, we're going to be okay. But the dark days have come a little bit, and they were not okay. There's been a lot of bashing of the Yankees players and everything going on. And then just like that, though, they were back on, and I like that for them. I like Yankees Twitter when it's more positive. So I'm happy that this happened. Uh, happy that it was Josh Donaldson, too, because he's been taking a little bit of heat from them. And the oppo homer, he knew it right away. It was a beautiful swing, Chris. It was a nice win. No question. Can we be more dramatic in New York? And by the way, this is a lot of fan bases, so I don't want to just finger point at Yankees fans, but I will for just a second because that's who it surrounded last night. You can't pick and choose when moments of a season are great and, and ultra important. Beginning of the year, first two and a half months, the Yankees are on this ridiculous run, and we're talking about them maybe having the best single-season record in Major League Baseball. Then they hit the shitter the last five weeks, and everybody said, yeah, they're not playing well, but it's, it's not that big a deal. It's not. So it's, it's one or the other. <laughs> Which one is it? Are you guys destined to be the greatest single season franchise in baseball history or is it not that big a deal because you're eight and 17 since the all-star break what my what is it just fill me in and i'll i'll follow along your path by the way last night's win wasn't even the biggest win of the night by a team that was my cleveland guardians who were a couple of outs away from losing three of four to the measly detroit tigers and falling into a first place tie in the american league central if the Yankees had lost last night, do you know what their lead would have been? Ten. Eight. Eight. <laughs> Does that sound like a, something to panic about? No, but look, man, my friend, Michael K. I think we're friends. I consider Michael K. A friend. I like Michael, too. I've never met Michael K., I don't think, but I, I think we'd be great friends. We should go out to dinner one time, Mike. He said it best in The Captain, the Jeter documentary. It's the greatest place in the world when you win, and it might be the worst place in the world when you lose. It's just how it is, dude. And we just – we know that, and it's we're always talking about it. It's just how it is there. Their emotions run high, and they run freaking low, and they run hot, and they run cold. And you know what? It's just New York, and we got to accept it, Chris. We just got to accept it. In two, hit the fast-forward button to two months from today, if they're still playing. I think they will be. I think they will be. Um, yeah, I think they will be. What's two months from today? What 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 is that division round? Is that CS? What are you talking about, bro? Yeah, that would be the that would be the divisional round. I don't think they're going to lose the division. Of course, round, they're going to you know? be in the divisional round. Right. What do you mean? But my point is this: they're kind of locked into the two seed. I don't think they're going to go on a big enough run to surpass Houston to get the one seed. And I think they'll be the two seed, and they'll end up playing. The winner of the three, the four, five game, I guess is what it would be. So, something like that. I don't even know how we're doing the brackets. We're not doing it the smart way, which is the worst team left should play the one seed, but that's neither here nor there. My point is, is that it's a great moment for Yankee fans to enjoy in the regular season to say it saved our season and turn <laughs> things around. Please. 
I could go on and on about this because August they said they're all oh, just resting people. This isn't real yeah. Yankees baseball. But then something like this happens, like this is it. It saved our season. It's funny, man. But like yeah. I said, it's just New York being New York. And I've I've come to really appreciate the people that root for this team because they're very passionate. Sometimes they need to be talked to by you and I to chill yeah. them out a little bit. But like it's just who they are, man. And it kind of is what makes the Yankees valuable. Well, the fan base, you don't got a fan base. You're not valuable. The fan base is very passionate. And I think that's okay. You also don't have a fan base unless you've had great players and legendary players over the year. I don't think it was the fans that made the players legendary. I'll go the other way on that. I'll try. Okay. I try to give the players a little bit of credit in that equation too. By the way, this is not, I don't want the comments to be real oh, Rose. You are Yankee hater. No, no, no. I'm being realistic here. If you had lost last night, you'd still have a fucking eight game lead. <laughs> that's it. That's pretty good with two months to go. All right. Speaking of a first place team, the St. Louis Cardinals win. The Milwaukee Brewers lose. St. Louis now has a three game lead in the National League Central. And Jordan Montgomery gave up his first run in his new uni. But he's been unbelievable in his three starts. Will Montgomery's addition be the, quote, sneaky move of the trade deadline? Because there's always at least one that you don't look at it and say, oh, that's an unbelievable move. But at the end of the year, you're like, damn, that was awesome. So I love the Monty move and I'm happy that he's somewhere where he's, you know, producing and like, you know, wanted, I guess not that he wasn't wanted. Yeah. He, it's not that he wasn't wanted in New York, but he was kind of like the odd man out a little bit. So they gave him an opportunity to go somewhere else. He's doing great. I'm going to let you talk about Monty because I think that's what's going to happen here. I have a different guy I that I think is the underrated. Oh, well, you better talk a little bit more about Monty. Okay. Cause he deserves some shine. He does. But let me t- uh, Let me tell my guy. Hold on. Oh, okay. Go ahead. My guy is shoring up a bullpen in a oh, place that really needs it. I think and he used to guy. be a Yankee. He I used to be a White Sox. David Robertson. We had the same guy. We had the same guy. Hey, six outings, Chris. No runs, two saves, two Three holds. Hits. Three hits. Like I've been, I was clamoring for a number of teams to go and get this guy because when he's on, he's just one of those guys that it's very hard to hit. He throws a – he was the, like the original – not the original, one of the original rise ball guys where he will mm. let that fastball go and it looks like it's got your shins and then before you know it, it's in the catcher's glove at the knees and you're striking out. He has a banger of an off-speed pitch to go along with it. I had the utmost difficult time hitting against this guy, so I, I can appreciate what he does. I think the Phillies needed someone like that in their bullpen with experience uh, in the postseason. I love this move. I love this move by the Phillies. So I'm giving, I'm giving it to David Robertson. Obviously you were too. So um, yeah, I was going to give it to Robertson, but I would disagree with you from this standpoint. I think Philly's bullpen has actually been better than we anticipated this year. They've actually sure, put but- up some of the better, but you add a, a championship arm like that. I think it was a great move. And I think that's why you and I were on the same wavelength. As far as Jordan Montgomery goes, I don't know if the Cardinals have enough to make the sort of run the Atlanta Braves did last year, but it's the reason I formulated this question was because at the trade deadline, the Braves totally revamped their entire outfield. And if you looked at it in a vacuum, when they brought in Eddie Rosario, Jock Peterson and Jorge Soler, we were like, okay, I guess like, that's what's going to help you win the East. And sure enough, not only did it help him win the East, 
Rosario and Solaire were the MVPs of the NLCS and World Series, respectively. And nobody, you could have gotten great money, great money on DraftKings based on that. So I would say that Montgomery's one of those moves where we looked at it, we were like, oh, okay, yeah, they need a little starting rotation depth. But in the National League, maybe his ball plays better. Who knows? Yeah, look, he's going to be extremely valuable to them. If you're going to get put up quality starts, if you're going to be able to eat some innings uh, later on to save some of these arms, or you're, you know, if you pitch yourself, what if he pitches himself into a starting role in the playoffs, which he's kind of been doing now? Like, right. I know my boy Jay Flair is coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to see how he looks. They're going to have some decisions to make there, but you want surplus pitching, you want surplus starting pitching. That is the bottom line. So I'm happy the Cardinals did that move. I'm still shaking my head, like wondering if that if, is Bader really going to help the Yankees enough over like what Montgomery would have done. Hey, I'm not so sure. You don't think Jordan Montgomery would love to come out. And this is what he'd love to say. The fuck were they thinking? <laughs> that is a starting pitcher. It's a viable starting pitcher in the middle of your rotation who got traded for a fourth outfielder. That does not happen very often. And, you know, isn't like CC like was like mentoring him. Oh, like yeah. It's helped him out. Like it just seems to me like totally he, he, he turned the corner a little bit and he's got a guy like him in his in his corner. Yep. Uh, definitely a shocking move. But yep. Go Jordan Montgomery. All right. Let's move on to a real interesting story. Um, the umpires union fought back against the comments by Cleveland catcher and Rose rotation co-host Austin Hedges. Uh, Hedges, of course, kind of took them to task after Tuesday night's loss against Detroit. It, you'll remember there was a first inning call in which uh, Detroit challenged. They say the Hedges blocked the plate on a slide by, slide by Javi Baez, and Hedges kind of went all over him. Um, here's what the umpires union put out in a statement yesterday. It said the Players Association and the owners decided to protect their key assets, meaning the players, and adopted the home plate collision rule that players are now complaining about. It's simple. Don't block home plate without possession of the baseball or change the rule. Do you agree with the umpire union statement here? A a little bit. Uh, Okay. So we've seen this rule overturned more this year than we have in years past. And this rule is not a new rule. Okay. So that's kind of why one qualm about it. Like, why are all of a sudden we decide we're deciding to interpret this rule differently than we have in the past? That's that's where I lie on this. Like I don't know why you guys are doing that. I do agree with them that the rule needs to be changed a little bit. The wording needs to be different, and I don't know how we go about it. We want to we want to protect the catchers, but we also got to protect the runner and like give them like the runners don't know what to do at home. Is basically what's going on here. Catchers know exactly what they're supposed to do. They're taught a certain way. We don't go out there and work on our slides in the home trying to slide into a lane that's the size of, you know, a paper clip. Cause that's basically what's happening now is the catchers are giving a very small portion of the plate for the players to slide into. But like, there's a lot of things going on at the plate that is almost making it dangerous for a runner. Like you have the batter's box that has holes in it from people digging their feet. in. so when you're sliding into that, there's a crater there sometimes not at the good parks. Um, but then you're only allowed, I mean, the only way you can slide into a home plate now is, you know, feet first way out and reaching your hand out or go ahead. Yeah. Like it's just, I think it's, I think it's making it dangerous for the runner. Now I don't know how we fix this. Like, do we have to give 
say half of the, of the plate has to be um, available to the runner. Maybe that works. Um, I'm not really sure, but my one thing, you know, that I don't like the umpires coming out and saying this is like, you just started to interpret this rule this way over mm. the last couple months, this rule has been in, in, in place for how long years. And like, it just, it, it just all of a sudden, and you know what, this happened before Chris too, there was the catch rule. Do you remember this back in like 14 or 15, they decided that you had to have complete, I don't know who decided this major league baseball decided you have to have complete control of the ball all throughout the play, even like through like the throw to consider the catch. And so the umpire is like, like, okay, well let's, let's, let's call that rule. And like, there was just a bunch of people catching the ball. They go to transfer to throw the ball and they bobble it. And there'd be no catch. They changed that rule. Like, like that, because it was just so egregious and ridiculous. Yeah. I think we're going to get a change to this rule in the off season. I'd like to sit down and really hammer out what needs to happen, but it's, it's difficult because you're trying to protect a catcher. And at the same time, these catchers are still trying to block the plate. Like, well, what do you do? I don't know. Your point, first of all, that it's being called or reversed more than it ever has been. The first year you could challenge this play at the plate was 2014. We've had eight reversals this year, which is far and away the most, okay, in the eight years that they've been able to challenge. Um, I've been calling for, a, for them to change this rule. And I think it starts with having the players – involved you have to have some catchers on this you have to have some other good base runners on here and try and figure out some sort of compromise that can work because a lot like everything else that happens in this country we have overcorrected massively overcorrected here this happened because buster posey was lost for a season it's the yeah. only reason this has happened so now what we're doing is we're trying to protect the catchers so they don't get run into but i watch other plays happen at bases where players are allowed to drop knees and totally sit in front of bases while guys are sliding in after they have accelerated from first base and trying to reach in and they'll break their fingers and stuff like that. But we don't care about what happens at second or third. We only care about what happens at home. So if we're really focused on player safety, why are we allowing, allowing, allowing shortstops and infielders to set knees on ground? It just it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I mean, trucking a catcher is a completely different play from anything else that happens on a baseball field. It's, Absolutely. It's, it is not okay. It's not safe for anybody. So, like, I know all the old heads want to say, this is how a game's supposed to be. But no, no, it's fucking not, dude. It's not. Like, one guy is coming full speed, and the other guy is sitting there. Like, that is – that never happens anywhere but in any under, other sport. And if it happens me? in football, it's bad. What? Do you agree with me that we've overcorrected? Yes. Okay. So I, that's my point is that there's got to be a happy medium here somewhere. And it's, it's really going to be a problem if this, ha if this happened October 16th instead of August 16th. I know nobody really gives a shit about what happened two times to the San Diego Padres or what happened that time to the Cleveland Guardians. But you tell me if it happens to the L.A. Dodgers, if it happens to the New York Yankees, if it happens to the Atlanta Braves and it costs them a playoff game or a playoff series, How's that going to look for baseball? And we just talked about Yankees Twitter. Can you imagine in a nope. playoff game, this happens? See, here's what we do on baseball today. We are preemptive. We love the most reactionary sport in the history of the world. Baseball is like, 
And then they wait for something shitty to happen and they get blasted in the national media and they go, oh, maybe we should change something. No shit, you should change something. Get out ahead of this because you're playing with fire. I'm telling you, if this happens in October and it costs somebody a game or a series, then we're all screwed. I'll give my like quick, like off the top of my head thing I think they should do. I think that like you have to allow more of a lane for people to slide into. The little sliver of a lane is just not enough. It's not enough. And that's what we're getting all, that's why we're getting all these reversals is because, you know, sometimes it's the catcher moving preemptively in the lane without the ball. Uh, sometimes it's, they didn't leave enough of a lane. It just needs to be like explained perfectly. Okay. You need to leave. How wide is the plate? I don't freaking know. Half of that. You have to allow the player to be able to slide into the base, into the plate. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Other than the one I just asked you. Are NFL defenders allowed to defend the goal line to the best of their ability? Do they have to give somewhere an opening for guys no. to get in the NBA? Do you have to, aren't you allowed to guard the entire rim? You can't stay there. Three second rule. You can on defense. If somebody's driving the lane, you can block. You can't say, well, I'll give him this much space to try and get the ball past, okay. past me. I mean, I'm with you on that. Why do we have to give the runner? Isn't it the runner's job to figure out a way to touch that plate? That is the holy grail, bro. No, because baseball is not a sport where you need to. Uh, first of all, one person has gear. The other person doesn't. One person's running full speed. The other person's stationary. This is, I mean, I agree. Like we do not need collisions at home plate. I just, I, just, I'm with you too. But if you're out, you're out. Your job is to beat the ball here. And if you're not fast enough to do it, or the defense makes a great play, I tip my cap to them. Dude, pe I mean, people, people have called for that. Like just beating the ball. But I mean, baseball is a game where you have to tag someone with the ball. That, and it's most of these plays aren't forced plays, obviously. So you got to tag. That's part of the game. So you have to keep that in line, but you also have to, you know, you want to avoid the collisions. You just got to give more of the plate is basically what I'm saying. This I think that that changes everything. If you say catchers, you have to give them half of the plate. Do whatever else you got to do. Everybody should YouTube the late legendary comedian George Carlin on the differences between football and baseball. It is one of the great like six minute bits in the history of sports comedy. It is just a beautiful thing, you know. Football is played in old stadiums like Soldier Field, <laughs> while baseball is played in a park. You know, like it's that sort of thing. And all I can think of is the difference. Like here, we're inviting. Here, have your little runner's lane. Like it's a bike lane that somebody's supposed to use on a Saturday exercise thing. Like I just don't believe I, in that, dude. It's not well. It's a different game. I I don't agree with that point at all, Chris. Like we don't need. We just don't need collisions at home plate. It just doesn't I agree make with any that sense. Part. I agree we, that we don't. I think there's a way to not have collisions. Just basically say, "Hey, runner, you're effed. You're out." So, you so what? As a runner, what do you do? Okay. Just spikes up right into his chest. What do you do? No, because you'll be out. Because I'm not going. I'm not going headfirst into home plate. Obviously, you can't truck the catcher. So the only thing we can do to try to get to home plate is put our freaking metal spikes. By the way, Chris, we're the only sport that uses metal spikes. Okay. We're we're gonna have to. Uh, we're gonna have Just to move right on here. Because of time. You know what? Let's do an experiment. Let's get you what? with some catcher's gear. I'll be hey. the runner, and let's go do it, baby. You joke. I will find the clip on the best damn sports show period. We had AJ Pruszynski on and we had Tori Hunter. And you remember Tori Hunter? I, I think it was Burke, the 
the catcher for the White Sox that he, he could, nailed. Tory Hunter week. could he can nail people. Yes, he crushed somebody. So I got all decked out in catcher's gear. He was probably only twenty five feet away when he started. He nailed me. I almost hit my head on the wall and almost got concussed. Now he and he made me fly, and I'm not a little guy. And it was from twenty five feet away. So I understand that side of it. I don't. No, want, I'm going to come in spikes up though. You're you're misinterpreting what I'm saying. I don't want the collisions, but I want it to be the onus on the offense in order to find a way to that home plate. Be better. What are you supposed to do? <laughs> Jump over? I don't know. I, I think we got we got to just move on because I don't. All right. I we don't know what you're talking about anymore. All right. Rangers fired uh, their president of baseball ops, John Daniels, just two days after they got rid of their manager, Chris Woodward. So that means it is now the Chris Young show all over the place. He's going to be making all the decisions. Should Rangers fans be excited about this? I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <bro. laughs> Look, like John Daniels was there so long. Like he oversaw the team when they were, you know, going back to back World Series and like they were, you know, they had some success there. The thing that he's really missed on is drafts and player development. So, oh, like, that's all. That, and that's a big thing, you know, to, since, you know, 2016, they really haven't been a competitive baseball team, essentially. So, like, he he had a leash, a long leash because of what he did early on. It hasn't worked out. Like, their drafts have been abysmal. Like, they just haven't been right. And, like, if that happens, like, your organization is going to suffer because you need – to draft good players and develop them so you can bring them up and pay them basically so you can pay them nothing and then go supplement your roster. That is this, that's the key to success. Look at the Braves, look at the Houston Astros, look at the Dodgers. Like you have to be able to do that. Uh, The Rangers have not been able to do that. As far as Chris Young, we'll see, man. Like it's a difficult job to be in. Um, You know, he's kind of like worked all over the place. Obviously he's a starting pitcher. I once broke up a perfect game of his, no big deal with a triple off the wall. He was a tough, he was a tough guy for me. He's so tall. And like his ball was just different. Uh, He worked in the commissioner's office. Now he's been here a few years. I'm excited to see what he does. You know, I, people know that me and the Texas Rangers organizations just did not get along. John Daniels was part of that. I felt like he wasn't transparent with me when I signed there. I didn't get the opportunities that he told me he was going to give me. So that's why I'm pretty hard on them. Plus, like, they just haven't been good. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. They got ownerships all in. They've been spending money lately. It looks like they're, like, wanting to be a good team. So that's nice for a guy like CY to have that. You know, you have the backing of the ownership to go and make moves. I think he's got a lot of tools at his disposal, but you still got to create something and we got to wait and see. You know, in Texas, I told you this the other day, you play such a distant second fiddle at best of the Dallas Cowboys in town. I think with Ray Davis, what their owner said yesterday is that there, it doesn't sound like there's going to be a lot of patience here. And I wonder if that just means another massive overspend and it means just a 500 team like they've spent a half billion dollars on their shortstop and second baseman we don't have a problem with it it's just yeah I don't know if the infrastructure is good enough there it's not like you can bring in all these studs and then have young guys coming up to also add to the equation it just doesn't feel like there's enough there so I kind of backwards it's very backwards like you want your young guys to come up and show a little something yeah and then supplement your roster with the free agent signings. I think they were preemptive with it. Maybe that's what they thought. Like, Hey, we got these guys. They're both very much leaders. 
they're very much good people who they can count on. You know, so I'm talking yeah. about Seeger and Simeon. Like, I think that's great for them. Uh, the farm system's good. I think it's like a top five farm system. You we'll know, see. with the addition, we'll see exactly. <laughs> the rankings are the, they're just guesses essentially. Yeah. Educated guesses, but guesses. They need the farm system to produce. They need lighter to come up and be a guy. They need rocker to come up and be a guy. Yep. About four other pitchers to come up and be guys. And then we can start talking about the Texas Rangers in the light that they want to be talked about. By the way, the Rangers, I don't think they're going to get to 81 wins this year. They're about to have the longest sub 500 streak since they moved to Texas in 1972. Mm. Not going to be good. Uh, Padre salvaged something in Miami. They take a game in the series. Thanks to a Cronenworth grand slam in the first. Then did you see the celebration afterward? They have a pet black Panther fake. Don't worry. It is called feisty Tom. Now we have seen necklaces, oversized jewelry in the dugouts, certainly in San Diego and in Baltimore. Are we in favor of Feisty Tom? I think I like Feisty Tom better than any jewelry, any jacket, any helmet. I, I'm a big fan of what are what are we what is that called? It's not taxidermied, it's it's just like a figurine. Yeah, that that would <laughs> <laughs> but I like that, dude. I'm a guy that likes to have like little mini things of objects, whether it be okay. bobbleheads or, you know, like, dude, I would like to have a pet panther like that. That thing's pretty okay. sweet. And you know what? In Florida, you always see these panther crossing signs. Never seen a panther. So now they got a panther That's... out there. I like it. I think it's good for them. They need, they need, they, they needed need some, something, something like a distraction, whatever it yes. was. Yep. I'm good with it. I don't. I have not checked the Black Panther for ringworm. That's not my job, but we'll see. I'm fine. I'm fine with it. I think it's all good. All right. What do you have coming up on uh, John Boy Media? Oh my goodness. Uh we did the midweek episode that came out yesterday. Jake and I talked. The biggest discussion was um, Judge or Otani for AL MVP. I think that's one of the better debates out there in baseball right now. Yeah, that's good. Um, so we talked about that a little bit. Um, and then actually tomorrow, I want everyone to go check out talking baseball tomorrow is Jimmy's 30 team bonanza. It's only Jimmy. Jake and I have stuff to do. He's going to put three minutes on the clock for each team. And he's going to talk about your team. And I think that is oh, fun. genius by him. Uh, so make sure you tune into that. Really good. Um, Steven Brawled episode is out. He's always hilarious. He's very honest about the Tatis suspension. Uh, we put that clip out really interesting take from a guy who has to face him. Um, and then I'm, I think I'm taping glass now tomorrow. I think I'm taping hedges on Saturday. You will be off to the Ron Gardenhire twins hall of fame thing this weekend. Is that accurate? I will, uh, okay. leaving this cool. uh, tomorrow morning. Good. So have a blast. Tell Gardy congratulations to all your twins buddies who say hi. Baseball today will be on the air special time tomorrow at 1230 Eastern as White Sox announcer, and the voice of Peacock play-by-play on Sundays, Jason Benetti returns. We will both be in Cleveland. We will not be in the same room. White Sox will be in town. It'll be a lot of fun. He was great the last time he was on. So shout out to our producer extraordinaire, the one and only Dan Rourke. That is Trevor Plouffe. Have a good, safe trip up to Minneapolis. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Friday on Baseball Today, presented to you by DraftKings.